Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be a little peppery, a little salty, a little sugary. At the end of the day, because all that sugar, it'll be some sweetness at the end. Hi! We are here to give you Harry and Megan. It's episode five. Yeah, no titles. So yeah. there's no way for us to know the theme of the episode. So we just have to like go from there, you know? I mean, the theme is love, honey. The, the theme, love wins, love, 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 love. The whole, I mean, it's Harry and it's Harry and love. It's love and love. That's what the docuseries should be called. Love yeah. and love docuseries. Um, but here we are. It starts um, with little baby Archie running through that corn maze, honey. Like, I don't know where the corn maze is. Is it on their property, their beautiful property, honey? Is it like they found a corn maze in the middle? I mean, I'm not quite sure, but. I think they're in Canada, no? No, I don't yeah. know. Anyways, go ahead. Is it on their property in Canada or is it like one of the Canadian corn mazes? You know, the famous Canadian corn mazes are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the famous Canadian corn mazes. What if that was Canada, Canada's things, like Canada? Canada. <laughs> Canada's thing. They're like, welcome to Canada, home of the corn maze. Welcome to Canada. Come for the, you know, lovely people staying for the corn mazes. <laughs> and you will stay because you'll get lost in one. You'll have to literally stay in Canada. That's why they're famous. <laughs> okay. So we've got um this segment where we're again showing how their family has grown. Archie's a little bit older, and all they want to do is just have a normal ass rich person's life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Which is what I want too, you know. Like, <laughs> is what I want too. I love, I love how rich they're just like. Yeah, they just, they just want to be rich. What's wrong? They want to be rich. They want to be m- mildly famous and a lot of famous and rich. It's fine. They want to be safe, rich, and famous. Now, here's the thing: we all deserve to be safe. Yep. 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 I can't say it more. I think that's the one thing that pissed me off. Like that's not the one. One of the things that pissed me off about this whole thing. So they're realizing, um, Megan's saying that all she's ever wanted was a big, happy family. And she's been feeling really alone. So there's been no palace support. And not only has there been no palace support, the palace has actually been throwing them to the wolves in the way that they did to guess who? Princess Diana's, the people's princess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so... After the wedding, her father started this media tour and it was super embarrassing. So the royals were like, yeah, go ahead and manage that. So she sends a letter to her dad and she sends it knowing that it could be intercepted. And so there is this there is this sense of like, I'm going to send this to my dad. But I'm also going to know that this could be out in a boot. So I have to be very particular with how I speak and what I say, but also get my point across. And so. Yeah, she sent it to her business manager, who then sends a certified letter to where they are in Mexico City. Because she's like, I can't just like put his name and like put it in the postal mail. So she tries to get it to him, mm-hmm. you know, but she has no relationship with him. So like, she looks at the signature when it's delivered, and it's not her dad's signature. So she, I mean, immediately when she sends the letter, she knows that it never gets to him or whatever, you know. And that's so crazy. That's so like that's such a movie thing to happen. I never hear in real life how people. And and the mail just gets intercepted. It just seems like such an untouchable right <laughs> for you to pay money for a letter to get somewhere, and then somebody signs for it that isn't. That means that somebody was corrupted. And I'm just like, how much 
would I as a post person take in order to do this? And the truth is, is like, I don't know what the postal system is like in Mexico City. I don't know who delivered it. I don't know what service did it. But I'm like, how much would somebody have to pay me to just like, instead of handing it to the person, just leaving it on the doorstep and then just like scribbling a thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, not even that, babe. All you would have to do is be like, I thought it was Meghan Markle's dad. I got that signature. You don't yeah, have to not. You just how much do you think they got paid? How much do you think they got paid? Oh, I'm just going to say maybe like 5000 Okay. And yeah, I guess I would do for 5000 too. So um, basically, <sighs> they're like, we have to sue. Megan and Harry are like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like, you can't just, you know, obviously publish my like personal letters. We're going to sue you. But the palace is like, mm, nah, like, A, like, that's that's our buddies <laughs> and also like be like it just like creates a mess or we don't want to do it or that's not what we do things here which is very intrusive for her she doesn't understand why but then she's also being subjected to seeing stories like oh you know Meghan Markle made Kate Middleton cry which was a thing story that supposedly happened during the wedding time that supposedly during Harry and Meghan's wedding there was some ruckus <laughs> there was some whatever dumb argument between two sister-in-laws over the uh flower girl's dress which was charlotte's dress supposedly this is allegedly what it was about and someone made someone cry or whatever and it was like a hot topic and then what ended up happening was Megan would go on to then be cl to clarify not only is that a wrong story and not only did I not make her cry in fact she made me cry and the next morning she came apologize and gave me flowers so there's just like there's that there's like that's what that story is by the way but and then any at the end of the day that just seems like a normal last thing that happens around you know high stress situations and family environments you know like that's not any that's yeah, you get upset, you make passive, uh, you know, judgments, competition, judgments, all of that stuff like exists in like normal families. And unfortunately, they're just being made to be big ass deals because of media and other people involved. Well, yeah, it's so interesting that that this narrative gets pushed out as though it's like such fantastical news about <laughs> the royals and like. We all know now that do Kate and and Megan even hang out? So did they did they have this conversation in person where Megan was like, no, she can't wear that dress. And even so, it's her wedding. If she wants Charlotte to wear a different dress, what does it matter? So it's just like all so dumb, anyways. It just it just feels like so stupid. So Harry and Megan get outside counsel to go after the um big bad media to get that letter taken down because also what they do is when they post the letter, they redact so much stuff that creates an entire different story. So it's like somebody went through that letter and was like, how can I create a new letter? letter? And <laughs> yeah. so they just go through and they just like, dear dad, I love you redact. Um, I am very sad at the way you pu published my name. Um, redact. I am sad and put, why did you publish my name? Like, yeah. it's just like, They've just created an entire new story, an entire new flow of that conversation because they've redacted so much that probably had context and gave context, Monique, that's how you use the word context, uh, gave context to the, the letter. <clears throat> and so um, when, like during this time, they didn't end up spending uh, 
Christmas with the Queen and we have more footage. Every time they show a footage of Harry with black bars around him, I'm just like, why didn't somebody flip it? Because I, there is footage in this uh, documentary, docuseries, where I know that the footage was filmed the wrong way and they flipped it. Because you can flip it. I just hate it. I just hate this whole thing where it's like, let's put the black bar, let's keep the black bar because it makes um, Harry seem like a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know there is that. They they use they use a picture twice where they've done that. Where I was like, oh, why you already use this picture? We already saw like this picture in this way. Like now you're gonna get like that was only like four seconds ago. I don't know. Anyway, yes. Um, so they so- go to Vancouver Island, which is where they film one of my favorite shows called Alone. Oh, okay. Um, and <laughs> so they go to Vancouver Island, which is notoriously like a very cold place, and it's hard to get to, but. It's for the rich as well as the, the people who are on this reality show who, um, you know, because it's very treacherous terrain in certain parts. So they decide to um, start a plan of how they're going to separate themselves slowly from the royal, their royal duties. And so they go, what if we move to Canada? So they go and do it and they decide to kind of pull back from taxpayer funding so that yeah. the things that they do, do don't get judged. Yeah. Um, so the Royals at some point approved or supported them moving to South Africa, but then that got leaked that it was going to happen. So they didn't decided to scratch um, South Africa and then Canada was ended up being the place. <clears throat> yes. Which is of course, um, you know, part of the Commonwealth and um they were like, look, we wanted to be in service to the queen. We just don't want to be in London proper. Like, it's a fucking nightmare. There's, like, media everywhere. There's all those people there. Like, can we just go to Canada and just have a little, like, space in between the media and then still do your bidding or whatever? But also, Harry is very cognizant of the fact that the royal family gets money from the people. Gets money from the people. And because we... Sorry, I'm not British, but because the British people pay for the royals, they feel entitled to knowledge about the royals. And there is this idea of the service to the queen and and getting paid to do so. And so Harry's like, it's either has to be all or nothing. Like, we have to pay for ourselves. Like, and that is the way to get out from under either the media's uh ownership of me and or my father's grip you know which is another part of this which is like in a way that succession like that kind of show not necessarily royal people but money can control people and especially when you have a patriarch or matriarch with a lot of money and the ways and this is exactly like succession it feels like succession i guess but whatever when um people are on the salary that their dad pays. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 there's a certain amount of control that you have to relinquish if someone pays for your whole life, you know, like, so listen, William, we know is going to be the king. So like he like check and check, you know what I'm saying? Like he fucking has to, but like Harry doesn't have to like in a sense of Harry is there. And this is why it's very interesting that he titled his upcoming autobiography memoir spare because he is in line to be king if and only if that comes because the people that are really going to be king aren't king and his entire life and calling and or his work although i feel like he enjoys some of it feels i think not important somewhat like 
It could be it could be Prince Andrew that's doing it, but because P- Prince Andrew is an asshole, pedophile, rapist, you know, like Harry, you know, gets to do whatever. It's like it's it's just the the royal duties being ambassadors to the Commonwealth, and you just kind of like are a little ceremonial doily that moves from different country that you shouldn't own to different countries that you shouldn't own. But that's yeah. what it is. Now, the biggest part for me is that he starts to also portray the archaic nature of the monarchy which is a true statement and how in fact and we've discussed this before the idea of a divine rule being like what is just the unspoken monarchy for the rest of civilization when we as a culture community world have has changed is just is is bananas and how long it will last is not known but it's just like it's it is to me because it is your family and your brother and your dad quite interesting for you to make to make that statement in that documentary i mean it's just like otherworldly to me yeah i mean it's very much like nobody believes that god put you guys on here to rule so there's that um so there's all this talk about where they're going to live and how they're going to kind of slowly pull away they still want to do their duties but they don't want to be in london as chris said so uh, supposedly this blindsided the queen, whereas from Harry's point of view, he had plans to hang out with her. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm busy. And not she, her representatives, right? So she, they're not directly talking to each other. She's, they're not picking up the phone and talking to granny. You know, it's, it's, that's not what's occurring. And so it's, it's just very sad that like in his mind, he's going to go hang out with his grandmother. And then all of a sudden her aides tell her it's not a good look. And because she spent her entire reign doing what her aides tell her to do and she's also the oldest person on the planet so she doesn't know like she's like oh you tell me that harry cannot come to see me and i guess you must be correct because you are put here by the divine and the monarchy for the commonwealth of england like you know so she's just like okay they're not gonna hang out with my with my my grandchild or my great-grandchild and so um, then they, Megan leaves um, and then they try to speak to Harry without her. So while yeah. she's around, they don't want to talk to Harry. It's when she's gone that they try to like have these conversations with him. Uh, and it's specifically planned when she's not in the room. Um, so then apparently the brothers scream and shout at each other. And then the father says things that are not true while granny is just sitting there. And um, they try to make it seem like she doesn't care about the institution. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me the most in some parts of this documentary, especially when we have Harry solo on screen, is that his lips are incredibly chapped. <laughs> You know what? I agree. And here's the thing is it's happening to me as we very, as we very speak, as we very speak, as we speak, my lips are so chopped. My lips have been chopped for the past two weeks. A, it must be that I'm dehydrated because I keep drinking so much wine and also be the like dry, it's the uh, dryness from heat, you know, but um, you really need to drink some electrolytes and some water in your life. So get on it here <laughs> or, and also try the lip mask, uh, a lip mask. Um, Lineage has a great one. Just so, so, so dry lips. So <laughs> at some point the Royals create a um a statement that harry is not aware of and he that's the final straw so he decides to walk away from his duties 100 it's referred to as megxit and everyone blames megan yeah and megan says it this way she's like look whatever in life 
you have like a bunch of bros hanging out, you know, and one bro just like meets a girl, you know, and suddenly he like wants to hang out with the girl and all the other friends are like, oh, fucking his girlfriend's just like, come in here. She's so dumb. And it takes us away from our fun video games and beer nights. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, <laughs> that's like what she, you know, that's like what she feels like happened. Um, I will say this. I don't think it's bad for them to want to have a conversation with Harry without Megan there. That's her family. That's his family. He, his, his, his brother and his dad and his grandmother could have a conversation with him without his wife there. That doesn't seem weird to me. Um, now, he can choose to do to enact or not act until he talks to his wife. But because they want to have a conversation with him without his wife, I found that to be like, that's fine. Yeah. Now, also, I, under, I want to say like that pinpointed something to me that also is something else that will come up. There's also a story that when Kate Middleton was pregnant that and before they were married that Megan and Kate were hanging out and Megan made a joke or talked about or made reference to baby brain, how maybe Kate had forgotten something or got confused about something and how how maybe hormonally she was experiencing that. Now, this would come out later and it, Kate would take great offense to it. And how it was like, we're not that close enough for you to talk about my like body and my hormones to that, to that way. And to me, this, that, this, these are just, these to me seem like cultural differences between the, the extreme formality of British culture and not just the formality of British culture, but the extreme formality of royal British culture and Americans it's a casualness. I mean, there is a casualness to Americans, the way we discuss things, the way that we eat, the way that we talk with our, I mean, it's just, it is very fucking different. So to, it felt like cultural differences, like in the American British way. And, and again, also it's not just British, it's high level fucking British, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, continue on so then all of a sudden these accounts are made on twitter and it's highly orchestrated when when these the group of people who investigated go through it and they find out that one of the people is actually megan's sister the one who's the shithead who like started the whole Samantha. yeah yeah so it's like all of a sudden they are middle-aged white women and they recruited them and was like hey here's how you create two extra accounts here's how you do it um and we just need you to talk about megan and re retweet things and Megan, I just like 12 accounts. How does your sister have 12 accounts against you? It's like wild. So one of the accounts is like, Megan needs to die is what they end up start saying. So it's like, it goes from, it's weird how people can get, just get caught up in such a kerfuffle when it comes to something that has literally nothing or no bearing on their personal life to then say that this person needs to die. So it was just wild. Um, but on their exit, that well, last week- Mm -hmm. I want to say something about that. It's very interesting. They said that 88 accounts, only 88 accounts were responsible for having a reach of 17 million people. That an orchestrated hacker that you could do VPN things. That's why I'm like, it can't just be white middle-aged women. They're not smart. And I mean, how many hacker white, it was a very confusing thing they said. I think that there were people that orchestrated this and then got just some random, there was like the people that are making money from the bad press, YouTube videos and stuff. And there's the people that are just tweeting because they hate people. Now the tweet hate is a whole thing that happens like in the 90 day world, you know, like, or any other world of like, 
on Instagram, you can really go in and see people just rip people apart from fake accounts. There's just, it's like the underbelly of human psychology that as an escape or as a way to like vent, it's like you can go on and get out the hateful anger in your heart. It feels like some weird, I don't know, some weird like just psychology, like psycho thing that people do because they're unhappy in their lives. And so somehow they like habit form, go into a fake account and leave angry messages everywhere. It's psychotic. But anyway, so finding that was very interesting for them. And it also, I think, just cemented in them that the they're dealing with hate and she's dealing with the mental anguish from that. But she's also realizing that when she's out and about, people are loving at her, like loving towards her. That sometimes her actual experience of people and the appreciation people peop- that people have for her is like different from all what she hears. So I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, like I, I just think it's so weird, the hiding behind the fake account and the, the desire to want to break somebody down in, in that way. Her last week um, as Royals officially, she just wore all the color in the world because she was like, listen, if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out looking good. And I feel like that is a very black person thing to do. Um, what was your favorite outfit? Do you remember that? I wanted, I loved the, there was um, this blue. Okay, she wore, no, oh, red. Okay, this is my favorite outfit in that. If you remember this Rolodex, and I wish we had had it for you. It's our it's own, our own fault. She had this like red cape thing where it was like shouldered here and cape and then the dress underneath that was so chic and so, God, I just saw that up and I was like, honey, give it to, give it to me. I like the green one she was, she wore. Yeah. That one was really stunning to me. Um, So on the plane as they're leaving, which I was like, are you guys not flying private? I don't understand. Anytime we talk about going on a plane, I'm like, is this plane not private? How are you guys just getting on a regular ass American, American like airlines? Like how, how is that happening? Um, Anyway, so. She, uh, on the plane, the, the flight attendant thanked her for like, you know, being the people's princess. Um, and then we start to get this montage of how Megan looks like most of the people in the Commonwealth. And I was like, the, the people of color y'all think <laughs> y'all think she looks like them. So interesting. I mean, maybe the times when she had her hair like curly, but I don't know. Anyways, Megan is very white passing to me and maybe i don't know what that is truly but that is what i get from her so when people were like oh she looked like us i was like she black people will stretch a thing and i'm like she don't look like me so uh, (laughs) there's that um and so uh they it kind of felt like the royals were passing on a huge opportunity to step into the 21st century or the 22nd or whatever century we are they missed a huge opportunity to use their the one drop racist rule to <laughs> to solidify themselves in the world as an open non-white inst- crabby institution mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so like you know it's like what are our symbols are we inclusive and then they show belize and i was like yes whenever somebody tells me i'm like my father is from a commonwealth like so i i very much know it wait, um, there's a picture- oh, like, so william in belize I yeah see. this is the one wait is this the one where are they happy about it or better this is okay so this is what they say sorry i, I want to make sure this is the, i think it's the one they're talking about how awkward it is for the white royal members of the family to go to these places because it's like there's a bunch of people that don't look like them and they're just like hi welcome to our place that you stole from you know it's like it's very fucking awkward in this century so is this one of the ones where 
did Belize welcome William and Kate or was there backlash or was it with the ones remember how they said like someone canceled one because it was so awkward oh no I don't remember that okay. I, but it's not not that it didn't happen I'm not saying you're okay. wrong I just it, I watched this like three weeks ago so I, okay. I don't remember but I thought I, I didn't I don't remember it being a negative thing I just thought he was in Belize but I overall Belizeans are okay with the not overall but like I've never heard any negative things about the monarchy um from my belizean folk uh so their departure felt like the death of a dream someone says and in march 2020 harry gets on another black bar video um and talks about how there are people in their driveway because the royal family like absolute assholes pull back on security from h&m and then COVID hits and then they're about to close the border so now everybody knows where they live. I mean, not me, I didn't care. But people know where they live in Vancouver and they have removed security. And I thought to myself, could you have not just used a little bit of the family's own money to pay for security for them for at least two months until they had a time to properly vet? Like, how is it that you just leave them to the fucking wolves. I mean, there are people who are like, Johnny Depp has security. You know what I'm saying? Like people who are celebrities have security because it is necessary. And now you've put a royal in the world where people know where, where their, their location is, is, is available and you have just removed their security and they have a small child. It's like you don't give a fuck. They are notoriously cheap. They are notoriously cheap, and they are also only too happy to have the British people pay for every one of their expenses, even though they're multimillionaires. And so that's one thing. A B, we're going to also get juxtaposed footage of when Diana was thrown to the wolves and how different it was not being protected. And the C thing is um, Chris Jenner wouldn't even do this to Scott Disick. Chris Jenner would have Scott Disick fly private and have like security. And Scott Disick is not anything but like a baby daddy of like one of the lesser known girls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is crazy that like the, that the King and the queen would take away their security. And it's, I think, under the, just the guise of the British, of wanting the British people to be like, well, they're not going to uh, work for us. Then we don't give them any money. And yeah, you're right. Instead of being like, well, we'll just pay for it. Like they didn't. Yeah, they have money. The queen has her own money in her own little little pocketbook that she could use. They didn't have to use people's money. And they could have just hired, they could have just let those people stay on, pay them from a different payroll. I don't know, figure it out and allow them to vet. I mean, because there's just like certain things that rich people need. There are certain things that folk and of a certain caliber require in order to sustain a happy life. And like, we can all, huh? Tell me more. Like, there's just things that they need. Like, listen, if mm -hmm. I were somebody who had a lot of money and I was used to doing a certain amount of facials and like, okay, mm -hmm. let, let me just bring it down to my lower middle class status. That's fine. I go and get waxed. Mm -hmm. 
I get my toes done. I get my nails done. I get my eyebrows done. That probably cost me $200 a month. I, I, I'm being, I don't know how much it costs, but that probably cost me that much, right? So if all of a sudden you were to take everything from me, there are, yes, there are certain things that I would be able to live without, but then there are certain things that I'm like, it feels cruel to just take that thing away <laughs> because mm -hmm. like, that is the thing that makes me feel the most relaxed. That is the, my me time. That makes me feel like a lady. That makes me feel like this. That makes me feel like that. So like, I get it, but that I'm talking about stupid things that don't change my, my life. They took away their protection. And that's where I was like, oh, they are assholes. So whatever happens after this, it's like y'all put us in danger on purpose and now you get nothing from me. Yeah, oh, it was that, it was terrible. That's how you feel like that's okay. So you're saying you get nothing from me. Is that you was saying that you they get no sympathy from you or do you Yeah, mean, no, like I don't care about the royals at all. I think they're assholes. Like I and I it, I think like the whole entire institution needs to be taken down. So here's here's like the, it needs to be taken down. Like that was such a terrible mean move to do. Like it, it's I you know, I gave a bad analogy using like my beauty stuff. That's not a good analogy. But <laughs> It's, but do you get what I'm saying? Like that is a necessity. That's a, it seems, it seems like silly, but there's a very clear and present danger when you've done that because there are people in this world who want these folks to die. Yeah. And that's your family and yeah. you're rich. You know, yeah. there's so many, there's like, there's, it's just, yeah, it is, it is fucked up. You know, he got 13 million from his inheritance from his mother. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Um, God, what do I feel like I start every, not every, but I always, you know, in this podcast, I've been like, oh, I don't know a lot about the Royals, but I feel like I maybe know more information than, than I thought anyway. So, but then since I've been, of course, watching this documentary and since Spare has come out, there has been just so much news that's riddled right now. Like I, the annoying thing for me now is like, I kind of want to read that Spare you know, like, is that what the documentary, like now I'm just like, well, I guess I am invested. He talks about how it does feel like his life, especially at the end, their last, one of their last engagements was going to church. And he talks about how it just feels like a soap opera. Like I was just going to go to church on the last day and see what things were like, you know, or whatever. Um, or maybe I'm talking about the, his dad's funeral or the grandfather's funeral anyway, but it's like, we are watching when they are when they are together, we are watching a family have to be together that now we know for sure do not like each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Up until this documentary, I thought that Harry and William were like somewhat pals, like British blokes together. Like maybe they had like, you know, they'd be traveled the world together. I thought they had like been in combat together. And so maybe like they also like, I thought they were super close. I was wrong. Yeah, they they do talk about how they were. But I also wonder, when is it that you get your own team? Like, when does that happen? Because that's when the separation occurs, is when you get a team of people to manage the, your look, to manage your statements, to manage your press. <clears throat> so whenever that happens, I think that changes. Because we see a lot of footage of Diana trying to give them the most normal life that she can muster and the folks is not giving an F about it. Anyways, you guys, we got one more episode to go. Um, this we're, where we leave off with them is that they don't know what they're going to do because the borders are about to close and they're about to get stuck in Canada without any support. Right. As COVID is, a, is people are like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I remember this time in my life very vividly 
about not knowing what was going on. And then like, there's a freeway behind my parents' house and that freeway going from like zoom, zoom, zoom all day, every day to like one or two cars for months. So like, this is, this is something that we are all very, very aware of as a, I, I think as a culture, world, global society. All right. So we'll talk about, uh, <coughs> sorry. We will talk about episode six next. We are so super excited to do that um, because we we gave it to you. We gave you, honey, six episodes of a docu-series. This might be the longest docu-series we've done. Um, most docu-series we do are like three or four Z's, war Z's. So, um, however, having said that, no stop there. We have Killer Sally coming up next. And of course, we've been doing 90 Day Fiance. And if you're in that world, honey, we're about to talk about Tell All Part 2. And then, of course, Part 3 and Part 4. Part what? Um, part 1's, of course, already up. And we've been doing Love After Lockup. So lots on the docket. Um, other than that, you know, we couldn't love you more. If you want to see our faces, you absolutely can. Follow us on social media. We are DocuSweeties on Instagram, DocuSweeties on TikTok, and DocuSweeties1 on Twitter. We also have this cool thing, Wa, where they can, yeah. Called Patreon. So you could join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash docusweeties, where you could see the visuals of what you are listening to right now. We also do a um, first Monday of the month live from, and that's exclusive to Patreon. Patreon. So yeah, I mean, Patreon right now has, you know, our Killer Sally episodes and the podcast doesn't. So we want you guys to go and join us on Patreon. It helps to support us, support what we do. It's $10 a month and you get some exclusive content. And the more people we get, the more specific exclusive content we can provide y'all. Um, lots of great trash TV coming up. So join us for all the things that we have in this month and next month. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.